102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 535 in Queen with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. No, oh, it's so lovely out there with all the rain falling down and glistening against the Christmas lights as another holiday season in New England blankets the area. Rainy today with a high of 44. Tomorrow, the sun will pop out. High of 41. It's 44 right now in downtown Springfield. This is my favorite time of the year. You know the time when localized flooding uh, ruins holidays? Yeah. Mon- monsoon season is lovely in New England. Oh, I love it. I love the way it destroys weekends. Yeah. Uh, listen to this. Uh, Scott Cohen coming up today. What else do we got? We got anything good? Well, not yet. It's it's only 535. Yeah. I can tell you that the uh, this podcast today brought to you by Marcotte Ford. They got your back for sales, service, parts, and rentals. Marcotte Ford and Holyoke. That's yeah. something to look forward to. There you go. So there's that and more. It's 536. Rock 102. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's uh, 551. And Fleetwood Mac with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Going to be uh, rainy today with a high of 44. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 41. It is 44 right now in downtown Springfield. Hollywood Trash is brought to you by Aqua Pump, an expert in all water supply systems from the well to the pump and into the house. Somehow you still care about what's happening in Hollywood. So, from Tinseltown, 3,000 miles away, it's Steve Nagel's Hollywood Trash. I don't know why it took since 2008 uh, to get this information out to the public, uh, because it was in an interview. Robert Downey Jr. was probably addicted to a lot of things in his lifetime, but did you know that one of them was his own uh, Iron Man, if you will? I don't know what you're talking about. He was a, uh, in a, in a 2008 interview, he admitted that he was, quote, a compulsive serial masturbator. Well, join the club, Bobby. I know. I, what are you, so special? You're not special at all. The only difference between uh, me and you is no one's uh, written a magazine article about it for me. Right. He added, quote, but it was the best thing I could have been. I utilized that organ and wrote it for everything that it was worth. Well, that's what it's there for. Yeah, well, at least he's uh, at least he's happy about it. He's not nothing, like, shameful about it. You got nothing to be ashamed of. The biological function. It is a biological function, but uh, now if you're doing eight nine times a day, yeah, and you haven't even left the library yet, then you maybe you've got a problem. Can you imagine doing it that long all day long? You gotta like take maybe a, take a breather. Take a breather, man. You probably need, like, Tommy John surgery after a while. It's like, uh, yeah, and you probably are, like, coughing up dust. You know what I mean? (laughs) Uh, Jada Pinkett Smith no longer sees the infamous Will Smith Oscar slap as being a bad thing. In fact, she now calls it the holy slap because, quote, so many positive things came after it. The most positive of all, it saved their marriage. She says, quote, that moment of the crap hitting the fan is is when you see where you really are. After all those years trying to figure out if I would leave Will's side, it took that slap for me to see I will never leave him. Who knows where our relationship would be if that hadn't happened? You'd probably be happily divorced, like, since you're already living in separate houses. And you'd still be banging your son's friends. Yeah, so who's really the creepy one here? Yeah, so uh, if all of this is true, then who's the new lady Will's been hanging out with? She's bald and black, just like a certain other female in Will's life, and he's been spotted with her twice now. Well, hey, listen, you know, she's saying she'll never leave him. 
Right. But he could always leave her. Yeah, that's true. I, I, it sounds like he might uh, have already done that. I don't think these two are really, like, married, married. I think they're just, like, in this open marriage thing, that, and they probably come to an agreement on. Mm-hmm. Because uh, if you were Will Smith, would you be really putting up with that if you really, if unless you really tolerated it? Well, you know, at at, uh, at some point, you just gotta you gotta live your own life. I guess so. What's the uh, hardest drug Julia Roberts has ever taken? No dose. No. Uh, during a game of Plead the Fifth on Watch What Happens Live, she admitted it was mushrooms, but she doesn't regret it. She, in fact, she called it a positive experience. Quote: it, it was nice. Yeah, not gonna lie, kids, don't try it at home. Elsewhere on the show, Julia revealed that she turned down You've Got Mail, which ended up being the third romantic comedy starring Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks. Mm. These things happen all the time, of course. Julia added, quote, Meg was supposed to be in Steel Magnolias, and she was still filming When Harry Met Sally, so I got that part instead. Can you imagine Meg Ryan being Shelby, the diabetic who can't open her eyes without a glass of orange juice? Not really. Yeah. Kate Blanchett was supposed to be in Closer, but she got pregnant, so then I got the part. So I've lucked into some pretty good stuff. There you go. I guess so. Is it Closer or Closer? I don't know. One of those uh, things where I can read it a million times and not be entirely sure. It's one of those things where you weren't really paying attention to anything Julia Roberts has been in the last 20 years. Not since Pretty Woman. That's right. Uh, What if the Hunger Games was a real thing? And every state was sending a pair of tributes to fight and die in the games. We wouldn't have anybody good to send in that. No, but we have got a couple of people in mind. Uh, As you probably know, in the book and movies, the tributes are uh, sent to the games dressed in outfits that are supposed to exemplify their particular region. So somebody used AI to determine what Hunger Games tributes from each state in the U.S. would look like. Some are kind of interesting. Others are just a little baffling. Like, Arkansas sends... uh, Two gingers for some reason. Why? I have no idea. Delaware's female tribute uh, is pretty obviously uh, Aubrey Plaza. She was born in Wilmington, but seriously, AI, you don't have to be that on the nose about it. Can we we pick and choose who we send to the Hunger Games if that were actually a thing? I would actually, yeah, I would think New Jersey's female tribute is Snooki. Which uh, some might say tracks with Jersey's total lack of self-awareness, which I'm, you know. It's hard to deny. Yeah, but I don't, uh, oh, check them all out here. I guess I didn't click on that earlier. Uh, What's Massachusetts? Uh, Of course, it's in alphabetical order. I got to go all the way down. Ah, Jesus. And it's it's loading. Oh, who is this? Uh, Massachusetts is, I don't even know who these people are. They're Who just, is it? It's a, it's a male and a female, and they're dressed all in white. But I don't recognize their faces as being any kind of actors. Or so anything. they don't have uh, names near the picture? Well, you know, maybe if our internet loaded up properly, <laughs> I could tell you all of those things. But I'm not going to. Nah. I'm not going to waste your time. Listen, that's that. what the internet's for. That's right. Uh, Olivia Rodrigo uh, made possibly the worst mistake a human being can make. She got caught stalking an ex on social media. On The Tonight Show, she said, quote, I had this very embarrassing encounter once where I was stalking my ex, as one does. Sue me, sorry. And I accidentally followed him because I was stalking him. And I was just following one person, so it was super obvious that I was following him. Hmm. 
Uh, when she realized what she did, she grabbed her phone, but it died. She said, quote, and I didn't have my charger, so I was just following my ex for a while. At the time, she tried to play it off like she had been hacked, but she's finally admitting the truth now. Why? Because she made uh, a couple of million dollars off those angry love songs that she uh, was singing? She's got to tell the truth. Taxes are due. Oh, yeah, that's true. Kim Kardashian's Instagram page has been flooded with snake emojis from Taylor Swift fans ever since Swift made reference to the 2016 feud between her and Kardashian while doing her Person of the Year interview for Time Magazine. Really? Just had something to say. Oh, my God. The last time I got hammered this much snake was when Ray J gave me the Cramaconda and then splattered a tic-tac-toe game on my back using only O's in that sex tape you can purchase on your porn for $39.95. Caitlin? <laughs> <laughs> I never got that down and dirty with your mother, Chris Kim, but I once uh, tongue-shucked the other underbelly clam. Oh, boy. You ever tongue-shucked the underbellies? Uh, I can't say I have. It looked like I was attempting a dyslexic birth. What? <laughs> What are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is after I was done snorkeling in the Appersnay Lagoon, my face looked like I had driven through a Vaseline factory with my head out the window. <laughs> Just try to visualize that if you can. A little petroleum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little petroleum. Yeah, I get that. And that is your Hollywood treasure. This house. Do big name dealerships have your back? And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Good people, rock solid service at every Rocky's Ace Hardware. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Hey, I don't know how you're doing financially, but for me, I'll be getting paid this week. And while I'm more or less hanging in there, I'm suddenly finding myself feeling. Like there's an upcoming uh, disappointment coming in my W-2. Why? Because in a side-by-side comparison between my annual adjusted income and the contract that Shohei Otani signed this weekend with the Dodgers, I'm feeling slightly, I don't know, ill at ease about making uh, my paltry scraps for next year. On Saturday, the Dodgers were able to lure Otani 32 miles away from the Los Angeles Angels to sign the biggest, fattest contract in baseball history. 10 years for $700 million. That beats the second thickest contract in baseball by as much as $250 million, which belongs to his former Angels teammate Mike Trout when he was given a 12-year, $426.5 million deal in 2019. But this contract will be the largest active contract in all of sports. So I did a little math, and while admittedly that may sound like a threat, bear with me. Based upon what we know, Otani will make about $70 million a year. That works out to an average paycheck of $1,346,153.84 per week, or based upon a 40-hour work week, approximately $33,653.84 an hour. Here's where the numbers really stack up. When John Henry bought the Red Sox in 2002, he bought the entire team for $40 million less. Otani's contract is $85 million more than the entire starting lineup of the Boston Celtics. That's $367 million more than Tom Brady made during his entire 23-year-long career. For that kind of money, you could have paid for the I-91 Viaduct 3.8 times. For $700 million, you could have bought 140 million $5 footlongs when the $5 footlongs only cost you 5 bucks. I think what I'm trying to say is, the dude can pitch, he can smash dingers all day long, but he's also a guy who'll be off the pitcher's mound for at least another year while he recovers from reconstructive elbow surgery. It also means that every knucklehead in baseball is going to look for something better. And if that means that the Fenway Frank I bought last year for five and a quarter is now going to cost me 30 bucks, then I don't think that's a very cost-effective move. 
It might also make next year's cost of living increase look like a big, giant, fat turd. And I'm not exactly happy with that either. But hey, enough of my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. There's the king of comedy, the king of the hill, and now the king of snow. The Aaron self-propelled two-stage snowstorm rules, and you can get one now for just $14.49. Your winter storm headquarters before and after the storm is at Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield. Rock 102, Springfield's classic rock at 613 and Led Zeppelin. With Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, nothing but rain for the whole day with a high of 44. Could see some uh, flash flooding, depending on where you are. That's uh, that's kind of like one of the weather warnings out there. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 41. It's 44 right now in downtown Springfield. You ever uh, use Uber Eats or DoorDash? You know, during the entire uh, length of the pandemic, I didn't use either one of them. You know, I, um, uh, I had a friend uh, that I visited during the pandemic, and we ordered... This DoorDash thing, which was seemingly too expensive for what we were getting out of it. What'd you order? I think it was like sushi or something like that. Uh, But but by the time, you know, you pay for everything and it's like probably... $25 25 to $30 more than what you would pay if you had just gone out to the place. Of course, right. you couldn't go out to a lot of these places during the pandemic. So, um, you know, it became that became like a like a big thing. This is going to sound really weird. I don't yeah. mean this is any kind of criticism at all, but I would be a little hesitant to uh, order sushi that's been sitting in someone's car. Well, first of all, um, it was all fried stuff. It wasn't like, you know, like the, the raw sushi that oh, you would, w- would get. But, well, that's but, a relief. But either way, um, you know, ordering from these apps, it almost seems like you're, you're going to overpay for no matter what you get. Uh, DoorDash and Uber Eats issued statements this week, or last week, I guess, announcing changes to, to their perspective, respective tipping policies in response to a new minimum wage increase for app-based food delivery workers in New York City. Earlier this fall, the New York State Supreme Court ruled that, quote, apps should immediately pay delivery workers the minimum pay rate of at least $17.96 per hour. That's according to the New York City Department of Consumer Worker Protection. In a statement in late November following the Supreme Court decision, Vilda Vera Mayuga, uh, Mayuga. Yeah. Uh, Commissioner of the... Uh, New York City Department of Consumer and Worker Protection hailed the ruling, saying the minimum pay rate of at least seventeen ninety six per hour will help lift thousands of New Yorkers and their families out of poverty while still allowing flexibility for both apps and workers. We thank the court for making the right decision and thank the hundreds of delivery workers who fought for their right to earn a dignified wage. You know, I've seen like a lot of these videos where um not only are the are the DoorDash drivers eating the food. Mm-hmm. I told you that one about the the bike courier one. Yes, out in San Francisco, who was dipping into all of the containers, pouring one into into his own container for him to eat, and then wrapping up the entire bag and stapling it with a stapler that he had in his so bag. So it looked like it was untouched. Didn't look like anything was taken out of it. I've also seen videos of people getting mad. At, or not delivering the food because people tip. This is what this is about. People tip beforehand, which I don't yeah. think is a good idea. But that's the way the, the, that's the way the app has historically worked. You tip before you even get yeah. the item. Well, so and, like at, like an, on Uber, for example, yeah. you can tip after the fact. You can tip while you before the car even gets there, can't you? 
I believe you can, yeah. but if I'm gonna if I'm gonna tip, I want it kind of based on the quality of the service. If you're tipping before then, right? There's no incentive for the well, driver to provide service. This is where I'm going with this. Uh, Maria Torres Springer, deputy mayor of Housing, Economic Development, and Workforce, added separately: delivery workers are a critical part of the city's workforce and play a critical role in the local economy. Yet to date, they have not been able to earn a living wage. We're grateful for the appellate court's decision and expect the delivery apps to start implementing the minimum pay rate immediately. Uh, and what they said was a direct result of the ruling DoorDash and Uber and Eats announced plans today for New York City customers that do away with the formerly standard tipping prompt on the checkout page of the apps and add a new service fee to each transaction. Customers can still choose to include a tip once the delivery has been completed, and both companies assured delivery drivers that they will see, receive 100% of those tips. The way it was described is one of the comments on this, where this article was posted, was like, it's basically you're paying, you're, if you're tipping, one guy pays 20 bucks to you. Right. That's the first order you're going to deliver. You're basically paying for somebody's time. And which one, <laughs> and and if you only tip $5 on whatever that order is, yeah. you're going to probably be the last one to get it, and you're not going to get the service that you that, that you want. Well, I'm, I'm sure that Uber Eats and uh, DoorDash don't do this, but you know how, like, UPS tracks all their drivers? Mm-hmm. Like, a, like a route is set, and the driver has to follow that route, and they try to eliminate... You know, like a certain number of turns or, you know, everything has right. to be delivered in a certain amount of time. Only right turns. Yeah, only right turns. Why wouldn't they do something like that for this? I, like, I, why wouldn't you, if I'm, because if I'm the restaurant, once it's out of my, once it's out of my uh, restaurant, it's kind of out of my hands at that point. It's yeah. really up to Uber or uh, DoorDash to figure this out. Why wouldn't the same requirement be there in place there? Because, I mean, you're absolutely right. It's going to be a pecking order of who wants to, uh, uh, of who tips higher. Yeah. It's oh, not fair. Well, if this guy pays $30 to me uh, and the other guy only paid me two, <laughs> sorry, pal. Or I'm going if to the, the other guy's waiting for you to deliver before he gives you the tip. Yeah, true. But, but I would map out, you know, whatever's closer because even if you're getting extra money, you're still wasting gas. So if you're not going out of, I'm not going to go out of my way because this guy only tipped me two bucks, but it's kind of on the way and then coming back from the the rich tipper's house, Mm -hmm. you know, you might as well just drop it off on on the way there. That's how kind of how I would do it. I wouldn't be uh, vengeful or. No, I wouldn't either. Of course, you know, even uh, in spite of the fact I'd probably be doing this in a very, very hungry state, I wouldn't be rifling through people's bags and containers either. And and, and the other thing is, you know, none of these folks are like serve safe certified. If you're in the, obviously you're in the, because they're not handling the food. They're technically not handling the food. All they're doing is just grabbing a bag from a restaurant and bringing it to somebody. Well, they're house. handling the food behind your back. Well, that's, that's for sure. That's what I'm getting at. That's what I'm getting at. I think every single one of those folks should be at least certified to inform people, like, this is how disgusting it is that you're going rifling <laughs> through somebody's food. I, I know some people that use this these services all the time. Yeah. You know, to me, I'm not going to order something. I'm not going to order takeout unless I have the ability to get, get out and get it myself. That's, that's just me because I really don't want someone 
you know, with their hands right. and mouths all over my, might as well put the, like, their whole mouth on my egg rolls. Yeah. I don't want that. And you have no idea who dipped into it. I told, I just told you about the guy yes. with the stapler. Like, you don't know who's covering up that mess. That It's disgusting, though. Like, I, it's just the idea of being in, it's somebody, if it's not sanctioned by the actual restaurant that's serving it. Yes. There's some, and, and that could happen, too. You know, there's a mm-hmm. chance of that happening, too. I think it's a lot less likely, though. I can see uh, these services requiring, uh, in advance, tips if you are delivering over a certain amount of food. Like, if you're if you're doing, like, 500 hours or more, I can see them adding the tip automatically. Yeah. Maybe that's fair. Be kind of like doing, like, a, if you go to a restaurant, you get, like, a party of eight people. Yeah. They automatically apply the tip to the bill. But if you're just looking for, like, you and your family, it's like... You should have the right to tip after the food has been delivered. That way you can assure that your tip has, that your delivery has as much chance of being delivered as anybody else's. The whole idea of tipping, we're like one of the only countries that really do that, is the tipping thing. Yeah. Why is that? Why why can't we just go to this no tipping system? Because they don't believe that restaurants feel as though they could afford to pay their servers a livable wage that's why that you know like that the, their their per hourly income yeah. is so low and is supplemented by tips i think it's a financial issue <sighs> i i guess so but i mean you know w- w- you, this is what you've created you've created this pay to play system sure where it's a hierarchy the guy who has the extra $25, $30 to pay so his food gets faster to his house is uh, not the poor schlub who can only afford the $2 tip at the house. Right. So I, I don't, I mean, I don't know what the solution is other than, you know, giving everybody the minimum wage. But then, like you just said, that's a that's a, a financial hardship on, well, not probably not on DoorDash. No, because they're a, they're a large company that's but, where you know orders are being shared and they're making you know a profit. But, but for have, like the average restaurant owner, yeah. you know, then then that would be a, a major financial blow. Yeah, I just uh, I just assume never order anything that doesn't <laughs> belong to the restaurant that it's coming. From. Probably for the best. It's six twenty three with Bax and Nagel at Rock one hundred two. Okay, well there you go. That's all right. Yeah, That's okay. It's, everything's go. all right. It's there all under control. Don't you worry about a thing. It's uh, 626 at Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, Dan Brown or somebody will give you the forecast. <laughs> one of those one of those fine folks over there. One of those dudes. Yeah. Uh, also, Scott Cohen will be joining us after uh, 7 o'clock to talk a little sports and other things coming up as well. Uh, would you like to laugh? I would. All right, let's laugh. It's Bax and Nagel's joke of the day. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. I amuse you. On Rock 102. I make you laugh. Springfield's classic rock. How much cocaine can Charlie Sheen do? I don't know. How much cocaine can Charlie Sheen do? Apparently enough to kill two and a half men. That's <laughs> ah, yeah, an old joke. That's but, still uh, great. Still though. timeless classic. It really is. Winning! <laughs> Here's your Western Mass News first alert forecast. Rain will be coming. 6.30 with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Technicians get up to a $5,000 sign-on bonus right now. Learn more at GaryRomeHyundai.com family.
is local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Max. A Northampton man was arrested after allegedly firing several rounds from an AK-47 style rifle on Thursday. According to a news release from the Northwestern DA's office, the shooting suspect later identified as 29-year-old Joshua Martinelli allegedly fired several rounds from an AK-47 style rifle into his adjoining neighbor's residence at a two-family home on Wright Avenue. No injuries were reported. However, a bullet did travel through a pair of pants a man was wearing in the adjoining residence. The police report also alleges Martinelli's dog was next to him during the shooting. Mm. Uh, they, This article doesn't say it, but the one in Mass Live said once they arrested this guy and brought him to the station, he told him he told them that his dog told him to do that because... He felt these neighbors were poisoning the dog. Right. And, uh, you know, he decided, well, you know what? I'm just going to start firing shots through the ceiling. Yeah, and maybe I'll ruin somebody's pants. Well, I think he was out to kill somebody. Oh, I see. I yeah, I don't think he was doing it uh, just to get It wasn't a just about the pants. No, it wasn't uh, about the pants at all. Uh, he was arraigned in Northampton District Court on Friday and is being held without the right to bail pending a dangerousness hearing. Now, what would be so dangerous about a man like that? I, 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 you, you ask the dog. Yeah, his next hearing uh, is scheduled for uh, December 14th. Now, I have to tell you... Uh, to, have, to even think about it like a dog making a good enough argument... For you to grab a gun and like start shooting, mm-hmm. I can't even get my dog off the couch to go to the bathroom or to stop drinking from a toilet. Let alone motivating to tell you, motivating himself to tell you to kill somebody. I had no idea that uh, this dog was like the Anthony Robbins of the uh, canine world, or, or, or the Anthony Robbins, <laughs> or what, what is he running a TED talk? Yeah, you right. Know? He's running like a dog talk. By the way, listen, uh, these neighbors, I believe they're poisoning me with the treats. I think you should probably kill them all. With that gun that I spent all day uh, loading up for you. Yes, the Because dog. I'm a good boy. Now, how does the dog with the paws get the bullet in the uh, in the, in the the magazine? I don't know. How do your, your dog keep going through, uh, like, you know, you know <laughs> garbage and boxes of yeah. Uh, gingerbread? Yeah, my, my dog, uh, he got into it again over the weekend, the trash. What did what he lo- I thought you had a cover on that. I did. I, it has got a lock on it now. And he He's got a, he, like a like a spare set of keys? Yeah, he he maneuvered he maneuvered the lid. It's he, like he figured out the combination. Yeah. I it's like I live in I live in one of those uh, uh I, I don't know. I, I, I like everything has to be locked up. Like I live in one of those neighborhoods where you lock up Axe body spray in a, in a CVS or something <laughs> like that. And by the way, you know what was that? There was a video I saw last week. Speaking of th- people stealing things, yeah, I think it was a wall. Oh, it was it was qu- canned corned beef. You know the the Hormel yeah. canned corned beef. It was in one of the, this guy was it was a TikTok video and this guy was in a Walmart and he was it, they were locked up in those boxes that like you hold like razor blades in you know when you go to a store and they got them in like that a big, sh- like a sharps box yeah we no you remember you know the boxes that you they're they're anti theft oh yeah 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 they're, they're right. clear yeah and you put the product inside and it's usually something really expensive like razor blades or axe body spray that uh, people want to steal but apparently people were stealing a whole lot of this hormel corned beef that was only like three dollars a can and Mm. it was all locked up in the thing and the man on the video was commentating telling the walmart worker 
listen, I'm going to need five of these, so can you unlock them all? <laughs> you know? It's like that's that's how bad shoplifting has become that we need wow. to lock up the corned beef. Yeah, I, I had no idea that, that was such a hot item uh, in, in in the underground. Apparently so. So uh, this guy is probably uh, hopefully going to get help. I, I would imagine. What's going to happen to the dog? Well, maybe he'll have a dangerousness hearing. I would think. You know what? Yeah. I would. What? I didn't do nothing. All I told him was to grab his gun and shoot. It was just fantastical. I didn't really mean for I didn't, him to. Yeah, I, I, didn't, didn't, I didn't think he was going to do it. I didn't think he was going to take me literally. I mean, how many other people's dogs talk to them all the time and tell them to do things? I didn't think he was going to do that. You don't take a talking dog seriously. <laughs> Your Honor, my master's kind of an idiot. It's That's just the way it is. That's uh. the way I was born. Uh, let's see, uh, moving along to, uh, cleanup crews over in front of Springfield College. Multiple crews were called to the entrance of Springfield College for an oil spill on Sunday. The fire department, the SPW, and the DEP were called into, uh, called to the spill, which has, had been contained at the time of this, uh, article's publishing, according to the Springfield Fire Department. Containment booms were deployed to, uh, contain the spill. The uh, source of the spill was waste oil that was improperly disposed of into the sewer and water catch base system, system, which all eventually runs into the Connecticut River. True. <laughs> um, Can we get that river any more polluted than it already is with human feces? And, you would uh, think that would be enough. Yeah. Wasn't there like a microbiome thing like down further down south in the Connecticut River, wasn't there like some kind of weed that was growing that was invasive? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a, an invasive weed, and they were going to uh, dye the entire yeah. river. And isn't uh, isn't there still like some nuclear waste leaking from that Vermont power plant that was uh, right on the river as well? Uh, potentially, sure, yeah. possibly. Yeah, but, but this was uh, this was an actual spill. This wasn't like uh, you know somebody was near the uh, uh, Springfield College. And uh, it was uh, rustling up from some food, and up from the ground came a bubbling crude. You know, just like shooting around, and all of a sudden a geyser comes pouring out of the out of the ground. Was it hunting season at Springfield College? I'm just thinking of like the uh, the Springfield hillbillies. That's what I'm thinking of. Maybe this dog from Northampton came down and said, "Hey, go shoot that dumpster full of oil <laughs> right into the catch basin." Okay, Rex, I'll do that. Pow, pow, pow. The dog made the same dog made me do it. Hey, here's some news. Liberty Bank opened its doors in East Longmeadow. Really? In East Longmeadow? Yeah. Boy, we, haven't sure could... a, we haven't had a bank around here and since uh, 2010. Yeah, I know. It's been an awful long time since there's been a uh, financial institution built in this town. Uh, the Connecticut-based bank held a ribbon-cutting ceremony. Uh, they has celebrated the opening with a $10,000 gift to the community. And you know what? They donated quite a bit to the open pantry uh, for us uh, during during that time, too. I'm not making fun of the bank. I'm just... Noting that there are many, many banks in this town. This is like the financial district of Western Massachusetts. Yeah. All of a sudden, they should uh, they should rename uh, North Main Street Wall Street. See what happens. Oh yeah. Well, because there's so many institutions of uh, of finance. Are we gonna get that bull out in front, like they have uh, the bull in in, in in Wall Street? That would be great. That would be kind of cool. The East Longwood branch manager. 
uh, said it's just the start of their relationship with the community. Uh, we uh, like to be community kind, and it's just a great way to demonstrate to, to East, that to East Longmeadow. I'm sure East Longmeadow and surrounding communities will see that more of that in the future. To, um, to the best of my knowledge, there are 12 banks in East Longmeadow. 12. There will soon be 13. Does that include the ones inside the grocery store? Like the stop, the stop and shop. Uh, you know what? Perhaps, perhaps, yes. That's but but either way, that is a uh, that is a good amount of banks. That's a like lot. If you've got money in East Longmeadow, and you're not going one of the East Longmeadow banks, I don't know what you're doing with your money. I have no idea. Unless it's in a mattress somewhere, or you got it stashed up in the walls with a bunch of plaster. I'm thinking you need to go to one of your twelve bank locations. Well, you, you have options here, at least. Twelve of them. Soon to be 13. Um, maybe. Oh, it's like, it's like we're like, <clears throat> this is like our marijuana dispensaries in Northampton. <laughs> I, I did a gig in Northampton on uh, on Friday night. Yeah. I Like, every time I turn around, there's another dispensary that I haven't seen before. And there was one, it was, uh, I did this uh, gig at Union Station in that building. Yeah. And right across the street from there, there's like a, there's it's called Honey. I don't know how long it's been there because I haven't been down that road in a long time. But it and but they're on the opposite side of on the other side of the block. There's another one there hmm. too, right on uh, whatever that street, Pleasant Street. It's just that there's just it's almost like kind of oversaturated with weed. And then there's one less than like point two five miles away, uh, Jack's Cannabis. There's that one. There's a uh, there was a story. I don't know if it was like the. Uh the Boston Globe over the weekend talking about Massachusetts dispensaries and how many of them are not doing great. Yeah. And how like some are closing. They don't have an official number of how many have closed, but, uh, it it ain't, it ain't been the, uh, the financial windfall that a lot of operators thought it would be because the price of it has gone down so dramatically since they've opened individually, individually, but collectively, the state is making money hand over fist with oh, the taxes on these with things. That, without a doubt, but the small business owner that owns this or has the license, yeah, you know, when they started, you know, prices were high, and now because there's so much oversaturation, yeah, prices are almost half of what they were, which is fine. It's I mean, good for the consumer, but if you're a business owner. It's not such a such a good thing. Yeah, but that's how capitalism works. I mean, you know, everybody jumps in on the on the bandwagon and they open up something, and the then market only, the only, market always dictates who yeah. wins and who who survives and who doesn't. Only the strong survives. That's correct. I think uh, I think Netta will probably be around for a long time because they were like the first ones to open and they were the first ones to you know that's the historical yeah and the first ones to sell to recreationally yeah no the first ones they, didn't they sell their business. Oh, did they? I don't know. I think the original, I think the original really? owners sold sold their license, made their yeah. money, and then that was it. Oh, well, you know what? That's the way business works. You just sell it off and pass it off to somebody else. But I'm actually kind of glad that the prices are going down because that's... It's, yeah, it's good for the consumer. Well, I mean, they didn't do it right to begin with when they implemented all these laws. They didn't have any dispensaries open for two years before it was made legal. Yeah. So all these people were like, well, I'm going to just start growing it in my house. And then you had all this, you know, black market, you know, weed coming out. 
kind of the state's fault for, yeah. for doing that in a way. Because I think most people realize that you know once they have a couple of plants, once they have twelve plants in the house, yeah, it's almost too much weed for them to use all by themselves. And you got to put duct tape down in your backyard saying you only have eleven with an arrow pointing at them, right? Just to make sure you don't get caught by the helicopter <laughs> flying over. You don't want U.S. Marshals to miscount. No, not at all. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be uh, rainy with a high of 44. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 41. It is 44 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah, yeah. Do big-name dealerships have your back? No. Does Marcotte Ford and Holyoke? Yes. Why? Because they're a community-based Ford dealership that cares. And you'll see why when you walk through the door. Have a seat in the Lugnuts Cafe and discuss your dream with a member of the Marcotte team. You'll hear everything you want, selection, service, which means the start of a relationship with peace of mind for the life of your vehicle. Marcotte thanks the community for having their back, and they're ready to have yours. Marcotte Ford, 1025 Main Street, Holyoke. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 6.50, and Elton John with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's going to be rainy today with a high of 44. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 41. It is 44 right now in downtown Springfield. Rock 102's Pro Picks Pool is underway at rock102.com. It's your call football. Weekly winners get a $50 gift certificate to Geo's Pizzeria in Hamden. Pizza the way you like it. The overall season winner gets a $500 cash card, courtesy of Nor'East Organic Life Hydroponics. Check the stats or go with your gut. And play a Rock 12's Pro Picks Pool for Notre Easter Organic Life Hydroponics and Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Uh, let's talk about social media for a second here. Sure. I've been noticing that you've been putting up these albums every day. What is, uh, what is this all about? So I'm sure you've seen this, mm-hmm. uh, where people uh, will nominate yeah. people they know. It, like they'll, they'll be asked by someone to give like their top 20 records. Yeah. And then they'll nominate you. And I thought, ah, okay, I'll do it. What the heck? But I said, I'm not nominating anybody else. I'm not putting up anybody like that because yeah, yeah. no one has killed more um, you, <laughs> more efforts like that than me. Right. You know, like chain letters, if someone's going to destroy it, I'm your guy. So that's what I did. I've been posting. Posting it up, talking about albums that you like and all that stuff. I don't participate in those things. I get tagged and stuff all the time. So yeah. Hey, uh, repost this if you really care about. Uh, See, I, I almost know. rarely ever care about the human condition. But if uh, if someone says I'm, I you know I'm interested in what Bax has to say and one yeah. of his favorite records, I'm like, okay, well then that's fine, and I'll I'll do that. I'm and already up to, to day eight out of a yeah. twenty day journey. Twenty days? You got to do this for twenty days? Yeah. No. What is this like? Uh, discipline helping you out for the. Musical fun bag show, or well, I mean, a lot of it's related, but yeah. uh, you know, I, I, I'm branding myself. I just don't like to uh, to uh, th- th- that's different. I mean, that's you're sharing something that you know many people would have in common with you, sure. As opposed to the post where, like, you know, they, it's like this giant like diatribe of you know this. I don't know, a feel-good kind of speech. Yeah. And if you don't agree with me, uh, or, or if you agree with me, repost this to see how many people actually read it to the end. I, do, I don't participate. I read it to the end. I just choose not to participate. Oh, I, I'll go even one step further yeah. than that. I don't read it to the end. If you've lost me oh, after yeah. the first paragraph, I'm done. I got to move on. Uh, but I do like going back and looking at my memories uh, in Facebook. Sure. And uh, one of the, this was back from uh, 2015, which was, uh, damn Nearly uh, eight years ago, right? Something like that, yeah. Something like that. Uh, this I did a I did a holiday party at uh, Brennan's place in Holyoke, 
Okay. And uh, when, when, when you're like the gig guy, when you're the DJ or any another number of uh, performing arts uh, thing, you get to go in through the back entrance of Brennan's and, you know, there's a big long alleyway right. uh, down behind it. And uh, what I had witnessed in that alleyway, not directly behind Brennan's, but further, a little further down, maybe a block or two down the street, right. it was the only way to go out, was a, was a vest. Um, it's a life preserver. In Holyoke. In Holyoke, just sitting on one of those, you know, things that makes people not drive into a building, the, the cement mortar thing. A little thing. pylon thing. Yeah. yeah. Is that what it's called, a pylon? I guess. Oh, well, there you go. And uh, I remember seeing this, and I had written a little haiku about it. Ooh, haiku. Would you like to hear my haiku? I would. Holyoke haiku. Desecrated vest. Vagrant unloads on your strap. Paper city joy. Holyoke haiku. Because it looked like somebody was uh, going to town on it. There was a hole in the bottom of it. Really? Yeah. And it was violating the, the safety vest? And it was sitting on that pylon like it was like a human being. So I guess... Uh, wow. When the mood strikes behind an alleyway and there's no human around to would be a willing participant, I think a life vest would. Uh, well, you know that part of uh, that part of Holyoke, it's very difficult to have enough privacy. Yeah, yeah, and is, really, the only place is. that you could probably get a little bit of uh, well, me time is probably in a dark alley somewhere. Well, it's it's kind of private. You know, you're in that alleyway, and sure. uh, there's not a whole lot of people looking. I didn't see anybody desecrating the vest. I just assumed that that's what somebody was doing. True, but there are some times at night where the last place someone's going to want to be is in an alleyway in Holyoke. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, they're you know, maybe they were playing needle exchange up there. <laughs> it's one of my favorite games. All right. I'll give you that. Come but- on. I know you're a good buoy. I knew you were a good buoy. <laughs> So, yeah. uh, so that's a good memory. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I have, uh, I have, that was, yeah, eight years ago today. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, oh, and there was a guy in the back alley dressed in flannel pajamas playing with that life preserver. That's the part I didn't remember earlier in the evening. Oh. And then when I went back out there, that's when I snapped that picture of the vest. I wonder what the guy in the flannel pajamas was doing. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Lounging around. <laughs> It's six, just about 6.57 at Rock 102. For Bax's view from... And now, Bax's view from the couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Good people, rock solid service at every Rocky's Ace Hardware. Hey, good morning sports fans. How the heck are you? Well, folks, there you go. The Los Angeles Lakers are the winner of the very first NBA Cup. Having beaten the Indiana Pacers on Saturday, 123-109 to in the NBA in-season tournament championship game in Las Vegas. Nevada. Exciting, huh? Well, that's certainly one way to put it. Well, I can hardly wait until next year's in-season tournament, because if I can duplicate the amount of enthusiasm that I gave for this year's in-season tournament, then in theory, things can only get better, right? Oh, sure. The NBA is happy. First NBA Cup falls into the hands of one of the league's premier teams of the nation's second largest TV market. For the rest of us, whose local home team franchises were blown out in earlier rounds, it's unclear how many have actually given a damn. I know I certainly toyed with the idea of not getting myself involved, but how could you not? You only had a trophy on the line, but every player on the Lakers roster was desperately trying to win, not just for the glory and pageantry of it all. They were also trying to land that $500,000 bonus that each player gets to keep. 
What with the Lakers only having the 10th highest payroll in the NBA, these guys are playing for their survival. LeBron James only making $47 million a year. Anthony Davis barely squeaking by just $40 million. Then you have everybody else on the team sopping up the remaining scraps every night, dreaming of a day when a quick half million dollars falls into their laps. Well, that day has come, my friends. Why, just look at rookie Deboy Hodge. He's the lowest paid player on the team. While almost having no presence during this entire in-season tournament whatsoever, he just doubled his salary for the entire season. These are the sort of heartstring-tugging human interest stories that the NBA Cup is all about. Making people who are doing better than you do even better than you. And to me, ain't that what it's all about? Sure, winning the NBA Cup is a tremendous honor, but so is having a half million bucks directly deposited into your bank account. I wouldn't know what that feels like personally, but I sure do like the sound of it. But hey, never mind yappin' sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. You know, some people wait until after the first big storm to find out that they need a bag of ice melt or a new snow shovel. Some people go to Rocky's when the storm hits and they're ready. What kind of person are you? Winter storm headquarters before and after the storm. That's your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 7-Eleven and Van Halen with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Rain all day today. High of 43. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 41. It's 42 right now in downtown Springfield. Well, here it is. It's Monday. Nothing but questionable news in sports to talk <laughs> right. about. And I can't think of one. A I'd rather talk about the questionable who, personal, uh, person yes. to talk about it. It's Scott Cohen. Yes. Good to uh, see you guys, man. Good to see you. First I of almost, all. Uh, hey, I almost weaseled out of coming in here uh, this morning. You know, all the rain and the forecast and blah, blah, blah. I was going to mail it in and just say, Baxi, yeah, Steve, I'm gonna, just going to call this one in if you don't mind. But, uh, hey, listen, uh, got up uh, off the mat. Here I am. An argument can be made. You've been calling it in anyway. <laughs> well, no matter where you stand. <laughs> well, look at you. i seen you on Facebook, and you're <clears throat> posting all these bougie pictures of this trip down to Cancun and all this stuff. Well. Then you got an Audi with the New England Patriots uh, <laughs> license plate on Mom, it. You're, you're doing well. Somebody's, you're doing really well. Somebody's got to do it, Steve-O. Where's breakfast and donuts with all the well you've been doing? <laughs> <laughs> Have you uh, noticed that when you go down to Cancun, because I've been there many, many, many years ago, the only Mexican restaurant you can find is the Taco Bell across the street from, yeah. from, from, from the resort? Right. It's right. the most Americanized city in all of Mexico. It totally is. And you know the thing, <clears throat> I'm not a big Cancun person, uh, the, the woman I'm seeing uh, is. And um, you go there and you don't go off property, man. You take your life in your hands when you walk outside and on the sidewalk see, in Cancun. See, why would you do that, though? Why wouldn't you just go to like some place in Florida, like at a at a resort or something? Well, that's you're kind of you're preaching to the choir here, buddy. I, mean, I if, if you can't go out and see what the uh, what the culture has to offer outside of the uh, resort, but, but the thing is, you don't have to because everything for you is right there. We, you know, like you know, right out of Central Casting, the place we stayed was amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And you didn't have to go anywhere. It's all right there for you. Yeah. yeah. But, you, but you can find a place like that in Key West. You or can. Something like with that. golf courses, right. you know, closer. Right. I know. Right. Listen, I've I've had this conversation. Yeah. And but what like what did you get out of it other than just being the resort? Like it, it's like you're in Mexico, but 
Well, you're not really in Mexico. Buddy, a sunny and 85 every day. Right sunny at, and 85 in Key West, Right, too. I know, yeah, right yeah. right on the beach. You, you, didn't, you literally didn't have to go anywhere. Yeah, well, it's probably best you didn't because there was so much going on. Yes. Uh, in, in the world of sports. Yes. We have to talk about this uh, Otani contract. Sure. Ten years, $700 million. Most uh, lavish contract in professional sports ever. In professional ever. sports. Anywhere, any any place. Uh, well, that's that's probably not totally true, but in America, it, the, the it is the fattest active contract in all of U.S. professional sports. Yes, and you know when you when you look at it, I mean, he beats the second biggest contract, which was Mike Trout, his former, former teammate. teammate, by two hundred and fifty million dollars. Right. I mean, it's just it, what bothers me about it isn't that you know the the market didn't dictate that he was going to walk away with something enormous, but that. There are teams in baseball whose entire payroll doesn't match up half of what he's going to make. Half of that, some of them. And I, and what bothers me about this is, you know, this is not where it ends. You know, someone is going to want is going to say, well, if he gets this, I want this. Yep. And then it grows until you're eventually at a billion dollars per season for a player. And you know, I mean, it just as ridiculous as it sounds, you are maybe 10 years away from that happening. It's maybe. like I don't think that's healthy for sports, and ultimately it winds up being paid for on the backs and shoulders of the ticket paying fan. And I don't think that's fair either. Yeah, so uh, and listen, there's a lot of validity to what you just said about the tickets and the beers and and the food and everything else. You but when you get when you get right down to it, when you go to a ballpark, you can you can only charge so much for a beer. You can only charge so much for the popcorn and the hot dog and all that other kind of nonsense. I think what the what the average fan doesn't uh, totally understand is that the Dodgers have a uh, have an immense television contract, and and the reason that they invest in and they and they just like us. With uh, when we deal with agencies on our level, we you you guys you guys have to hit certain rating numbers for if they agree if they say sure. we're going to give you a hundred dollars a spot you have to hit like a, a a one rating if you guys don't hit that we we don't make as much money right and that's what's happening with these with the, like the Yankees and the, and say the Cubs and the Dodgers they've got to hit certain television rating points to 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 make the contracts that they sign television wise and that's it's like you've got to get the stars of the show to keep those television numbers solid it's like i remember when david ortiz used to play for the red sox I mean, we probably all did it. You would sit there and go like, oh, Ortiz is coming up uh, the next inning. If you were watching something else on TV, you switched over to Nesson because you never knew what Ortiz was going to do. He was always must-see TV. And that's what's that's why Shohei Otani is making so much money. There's, there's no doubt that his talent deserves something remarkable. Remarkable. Seven hundred million dollars. It's seventy million dollars a year. I know. I mean, I, I, I. And he's not. And if you did it, if you just did the regular math, that is technically what he's being paid. But I guess one of the things about his contract backs is that most, most of the money he's going to be making is deferred. So 
the 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 yearly salary there the Dodgers are not going to take as big a hit on the luxury tax on a, on their bottom line which gives them more flexibility to go out and sign other players right you know after eight years when he's done playing baseball if he lasts that long you know the majority of the money that he signed for is going to be paid when he's out of baseball yeah well it's we a should lot all, we, of, it, it's we a, should all be so unfortunate it's a lot of money man it's a, a ridiculous amount of money and yeah and and with uh the trade that the yankees made uh, for for soto, soto and verdugo i mean yeah like every team in that division is improving yes and you know that <laughs> and, and they were hey, already what about us they were already the best the uh, best division in baseball last yeah. year every every team was a great team yep. including the red sox who were in last place yes so it's like you wonder. Well, okay. So when do the Red Sox really start picking Soon. things up here? Soon. The uh, the Tyler O'Neill thing. I know you're real happy about, but it's like they're going to need more than that. They are going to need more than that. So one of the things the Sox did, and of course, nothing, everything compa- uh, pales in comparison to what happened with Otani. The Red Sox picked up a guy from the Cardinals on Friday. His name is Tyler O'Neill. All right, he's 28 years old. Two years ago, he hit 34 home runs for St. Louis. He's a two-time Gold Glove winning outfielder. He's only going to make five and a half million bucks this year, which gives the Red Sox some opportunity, and they they do have a big chunk of change to spend. I think in the next you know month, month and a half, two months, you're going to see the Red Sox make uh, some. Nothing, again, n- everything will pale in comparison to Otani. Yeah. But I think you're going to see the Red Sox make some significant moves to make them better. And I, I think they've got a good little team. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about uh, about football here. Obviously, the, the Patriots are uh, you know, mathematically officially, eliminated. Officially mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, in case you were wondering. That should be a relief for everybody. Yes, you can sleep easy now. But the, there's a story that's that's uh, that's kind of blowing up this morning, and this is about the Bills-Chiefs game yep. from, uh, from uh, late yesterday afternoon. The play in question is Travis Kelsey, uh, you know, gets the ball, laterals it for a for a touchdown. Uh, that well, it would have been the game winning touchdown. <clears throat> but what happens is one of the players on the line is over the neutral zone. You can and you can see the graphic where his foot is literally on the line. Yes. What Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Andy Reid are all complaining about is that should have been giving a warning rather than sure being called a penalty which took that that touchdown back. Um, are they right? Should that have been called back? Or can you just look at the, the video and say, yeah, that dude is clearly in the neutral zone, and that should have been called back? Well, he was, cl- he was egregiously in the neutral zone. Um, I, I did not, I did not see the end of the game, woke up this morning, read all the stuff, went on YouTube. I wanted to see the play and I'm like, holy cow, this, I mean, this guy's in, he's in the, the, the secondary Buffalo secondary. That's how far over the line he was. He might as well, he might as well put a, pulled up a chair. I mean, he might as well have, have camped out where he was. So here's the thing. You've got to figure that he was probably cheating like that earlier in the game and maybe he did get uh, a warning a lot of times uh, receivers will sit there they'll line up they'll look at the referee and they'll they'll signal the referee am I okay the referee will signal back yeah you're fine um, did it happen earlier in the game I don't know was he clearly over the line yes and listen, the Chiefs, just like, you know, the Chiefs are one of the elite teams, you know, in the league. They've got their Super Bowls to prove it. Right. They have, they've been given just like the Patriots, just like the Cowboys, just like the Buffalo Bills. They've been given their fair share of 
the refs swallowing the whistle because of who they are. Yeah. Sometimes, buddy, you just got to put your big boy pants on and take it like a man. Well, I don't, I don't know if you, you saw the end of it uh, or, or even the video of it after the game was oh. over. You know, so you know, Mahomes can't get the first down at the end of the game, so they wind up losing. Yep. All right. So there, so there you go. Um, but that, but he comes off the field. He's slamming his hel- helmet down. Going he's bananas. screaming and yelling, and yep. he's literally, you know, l- losing his crap right there in the field. Yep. Because in the first time in his career, he's now lost two in a row. Right. All he has to do is see this and say, okay, you know, maybe, maybe my teammate was. Uh, was off yeah maybe 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 if i looked at what was going on there i could have seen okay yeah maybe maybe i'm overreacting you understand you listen you totally understand understand his frustration i i i mean aside from you know being a veteran and acting like a little you know little crybaby um maybe give him a pass because of the heat of the moment he knows what happened man yeah. and the, and the chiefs Drop drop passes, this and that, and the other thing with that team. They they've got their issues, and they're all and they're all mental. It's it's not physical. I am so happy that LeBron James is going to get a half million dollar bonus <laughs> for winning the in season tournament with the Lakers on please, Saturday. Please. I don't I don't know what he's going to do with that money. I'm sure he's going to. Oh, I'm sure he'll donate it to charity oh, because you yes. know he just that's what who LeBron is. But uh, that, come on, the in season tournament, stop. It's you know what. I, I'm sure the NBA is going to do their damnedest to try to convince everybody what a great success it was. But I don't know of anybody who was talking about it, interested in it, or no. even had any clue that it was actually going actually, on. Actually, it was from the nobody knows, nobody cares file. And the, the, the most ridiculous thing was, and again, here we are in the beginning of December, they're out there at center court. Uh, given LeBron the MVP of the tournament award. I mean, it was like they won the NBA championship. I mean, come on, man. That, it's such a joke. It, it, you know, and not that the Pacers are a bad team, but They're did, good. Any, did anyone think for a moment they no. had a snowball's chance in hell of beating the Lakers in this? No, they were they were hoping for the Lakers and the Celtics. And, you know, it's it's one of these things that until the media – jumps on board and embraces this thing it's not going to mean a damn thing and right now no again nobody knows nobody cares and i don't see it ever picking up i don't i I don't don't think so either at all all right we will talk to you soon sounds good guys good to see you good talk good talk way to go steve-o 724 (laughs) on rock 102 it's uh just about 728 with bax and nagel on rock 102 uh dan brown can give you the forecast because he's really good at it uh, check out the uh, the daily podcast after the show is over. It's brought to you by uh, Marcotte Ford. They got your back for sales, service, parts, and rentals at Marcotte Ford in Holyoke. But also check out Baxi's musical podcast. Mm-hmm. My guest uh, today is uh, Lincoln Bloomfield. He used to play with a band out of uh, Cohasset, Massachusetts, called Colacus. This is a band that played around this area, uh, throughout New York City, throughout all of the Northeast. And in 1978, they released an album, uh, and uh, they would not record another album for another 45 years. Um, but they were... they critics love them they were on their way but for whatever reason the band fell apart lincoln bloomfield wound up getting a uh, having a career in diplomacy moved to washington became a u.s diplomat is a former assistant secretary of state it's a wild story and a really interesting uh conversation you can hear it on apple podcast soundcloud spotify and on rock102.com giddy up there you have it um do you know what today is uh it's uh, Monday. Well, it's not ranch dressing day. Huh? That's long well, I gotta past. Do that again. Long past. But if you're a uh, if if the person you're with texts you and says, "Can we talk?" You should brace yourself. 
because you're more likely to get dumped today than any other day of the year. December 11th was dubbed Breakup Day back in 2008 after someone analyzed Facebook status updates and found a ton of people break up exactly two weeks before Christmas. It also found that there tends to be more breakups on Mondays in general, so the 11th is a double whammy this year. Hmm. All right. So if you get that text this morning saying, hey, we need to chat. (laughs) Experts think there are a few reasons for it. The holidays are stressful, so you might be having second thoughts about the person meeting your family. And a surprising number of us will break up just to get out of buying somebody a gift. <laughs> Turning, well, you know, There is something cost-effective about that decision. I, I would say so. Turning the calendar also represents a fresh start for a lot of people. So if things aren't going well, it may feel like a natural time to cut your losses and move on. <laughs> the day of the year that you're least likely to get dumped is Christmas Day because that's just cruel. Yeah, that's pretty bad yeah. form. But don't assume that you're safe if you make it uh, make it to the 25th. You know? What's your best bra- heartbreaking breakup story? I don't know. I got a buddy once. <laughs> he broke up with her because she delivered. Uh, a poll found some of us avoid breakups this time of year, so we're not alone for the holidays, but on the 26th, breakups will start trending up before peaking again in March. You know what a good way to do this, is, uh, to avoid all of this is? How? Just stay single. That's pretty much that's you know, a, that's I'm, I'm a good go- way i'm going with that because <laughs> you know what i can do anything you want anything i want yeah, that's right, you damn it. and you know who's there to stop you nobody, nobody. yeah <laughs> it's 7 30 news is next to rock 102 7 34 with Bax and nagel on rock 102 it's time for news it's brought to you by noonan energy reliable service for heating cooling electrical and plumbing at noonan.com Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Uh, thanks, Bax. Four residents of a Northampton apartment were narrowly missed by gunfire from an AK-47-style rifle on Thursday evening, according to court documents in Northampton District Court. The man accused of shooting uh, told Northampton police detectives that his dog told him to fire the rifle. The bullets were fired from inside the apartment on Wright Avenue and into his neighbor's apartment, which are both the same building sh- with shared walls and a front porch. 29-year-old Joshua Martinelli of Northampton pleaded not guilty on Friday to a total of 17 charges in district court, including four counts of attempted murder and four counts of assault with a dangerous weapon. What a bad dog. Very bad dog. That's it. No treats for you. Go in your crate. Do do the police rub the man's nose in the bullet holes in the ceiling? Look what you did. Look what you did. Don't blame me. Blame the dog. The uh, four neighbors were on the second floor of their apartment and dove to the ground to take cover once the bullet started flying through the wall. Oh, so it's a side-by-side. It made it sound like it was up through the ceiling. Yeah. It was through the wall. It was only later that one of the neighbors discovered a bullet hole in their pants that passed through uh, near their backside. Uh, The Northampton Police Department should be commended for the rapid response of the extremely volatile situation, said the Northwestern DA, Andrew Covington. Responding officers quickly apprehended the defendant and protected the public from any further harm. Fortunately, no one was killed or injured by the defendant's dangerous conduct. Police were called about 5.20 p.m. By, on Thursday by one of the four residents because their neighbor in their two-family home was firing a gun. When police arrived, they heard gunshots coming from inside one of the apartments. Once police uh, began moving along the front of the building, Martinelli was seen walking inside the apartment with his hands up. Got me. <laughs> Uh, officers commanded Martinelli to get on the ground, placed him under arrest. When they asked why, why Martinelli was shooting, he said his neighbors were trying to poison his dog. Mm. Police searched his apartment and didn't find anyone anybody else inside. An AK-47-style uh, rifle was found on a computer chair in the living room. 
with a loaded 30-round magazine and a round in the chamber. The uh, distinct odor of recently fired gun... Of recently... This is the stupidest thing I've ever read. The distinct odor of recently fired gunfire. Recently fired gunfire. Yes. That sounds redundant. You mean uh, gunshots? The smell of gunshots? I don't know. How would you say that? That just doesn't sound right. I don't know. Anyway, it was noticed by one of the officers, and there were numerous bullet holes through the shared wall into the adjacent apartment. You know, uh, listen, I, I'm, I'm glad nobody was seriously injured here. I mean, it's a shame this guy you know, now has holes in his pants. Uh, you know, nobody wants that. But, uh, you know, my dog can convinces me all day long of, to do things that I don't particularly care to do. Like let him outside. Let him outside. Feed him. Feed him. Yeah. Let him back in. Uh, you know, leave the toilet seat up. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. But, uh, you know, some of these dogs, you know, we don't really pay attention to how needy and controlling they are. They're very, very self-centered animals. And with the dog on the toilet, uh, you, when, when you walk into somebody's bathroom and uh, they have like an Uncle John's bathroom reader. Yeah. Like many copies of it. Right, right. The dog is taking his time reading all kinds of fun facts and stories and uh, things he can share with people while he was doing his business. But he the, doesn't seem to offer up any information other than uh, he told this guy yeah. to, to kill the neighbors because they he, they were poisoning him. The dogs aren't usually using the toilet for what the toilet is meant for, Steve. They're using it as a drinking receptacle. Oh, they don't sit on it? Uh, no. Right, you, can't, you can't drink from a toilet. And read the Uncle John's uh, bathroom reader at the same time. Otherwise, you just get the pages all wet. Is that like a is that like a treat for them? Like to drink the water out of the toilet bowl? Like ooh, like you know, like I we get we get ice cream as a treat. Like, I don't really it, understand it. You know, my dog's got a bowl of water. Well, that's what I'm talking about. And now he's got the 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 bowl of the toilet, and he ch- chooses the toilet. Yeah, I don't really understand that. Well, he likes that uh, two thousand flushes. It's like it's like it's, yeah. Well, we don't have that because we don't want him, uh, you know, dr- drinking anything toxic in there. You ever see one of those uh, those like blue Slurpees a kid drinks from like a Cumberland Farms? Yes. And they, their mouth turns all blue. Yeah. The dog does the same thing, and you can tell that he had a treat today. Rusty, what have you been doing? Where have you been? We're on flush one thousand sixty nine. <laughs> Diggity. That's what he said. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he told the investigators that his dog told him to shoot the neighbors because uh, he elaborated that uh, the the dog told him to kill the neighbors because they were poisoning the dog. Yeah, uh, his dog was present when he began shooting into the shared wall of the neighbors. Uh, yeah, but he doesn't say. Does the dog keep cheering him on? Like, yeah, fire another one. I don't know. I, I'm what I'm afraid of is that there's going to be some people that will dismiss the uh, the. <laughs> participation of the dog and say i'm sure the dog had nothing to do with it when you know the dog probably did no i'm sure the dog is the uh, the central character here he is he also told police that he couldn't hear he could hear the neighbor's voices through the walls and uh that he was aware they were home when he decided to fire the rifle into their apartment martinelli told police he was given the rifle to hold on to nearly two years ago and that the person who gave him the rifle never contacted him again he told police he believed the gun was stolen from somewhere in Maine. 
Mm-hmm. Well, that's always a good idea to hang on to something like that. Yeah. When you know you have a stolen weapon inside your home. One that's crossed multiple state lines. Uh, police later found that it hap- that it appeared that Martinelli fired 17 rounds from different areas in his apartment with 14 of them going into the neighbor's apartment. Jeez. I, I'm surprised nobody got killed or yeah. hurt. Uh, Martinelli also. That's all right. It, he'll 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 get his when uh, when he doesn't get a security deposit back. Yeah, I know that's gonna be a that's gonna be a hell of a thing to right? try to get back. I don't think you're gonna be able to live there anymore. <laughs> I don't know. It's so hard to evict. Uh, Springfield, the city, uh, the city of Springfield. Springfield. Dom Dom puts it. The city council has uh, raised the fine for illegal dumping to five hundred dollars, five times the previous initial fine. The ordinance change approved 11 to 0 last week also calls for the violator's license to be spend, suspended if fines are not paid and the person's vehicle was used in illegal uh, dumping. The fine increased from an incremental penalty that started at $100 for the first violation and hit a maximum charge of $300 for the third and every subsequent violation. The uh, change in the ordinance was to prevent people from dumping large items in the city's parks and on vacant properties. Many of the people caught dumping uh, live outside the city, uh, City Councilor Victor Davila uh, said at uh, Monday's discussion. So people are coming in and bringing their trash mm. in and then dumping it in the city. I, I'd really like to, uh, I was trying to get uh, Dom Dom on uh, about not the, the Paramount Theater. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the condition that's in. But now I'd like to talk to him about this, too. Because I'm, I'm confused at, like, how does that... How can you do an RMV thing? Yeah. To somebody is that can you modify RMV laws in your city? Like you're going to lose your license if you start dumping material here. It's not a moving violation or it's not a Well, I don't I mean, understand how that works. I always thought it was a uh, I mean it was, it was all state stuff. That's what I thought too. I didn't realize the like state Like for like for a while they were like uh, withholding the renewal of a license if you weren't paying child support. Mhm. I think that was a state initiative, not entirely well, that, that, Springfield or somewhere else. That's what I mean. I mean, it's not like there's a law. Is That's what I want to know. Is there a law that says cities can do this? That's, that's a I good like. question. I'd like to get uh, Dom Dom on the phone here. Well, where is he? I don't know. My mm. phone never rings. I just know it's going to ring. <laughs> just know it's going to be picked up. That's That's what I do. Uh, and let's see, this uh, scumbag out of Lakeville, a uh, wrestling coach in Lakeville was charged this week with assaulting a teenager, according to police. The 63-year-old Frederick Conrad of Bridgewater was charged with three counts of indecent assault and battery on a person 14 years of age or older. He was arraigned Friday following an investigation into an incident that allegedly took place back in October. Conrad is accused of having, quote, inappropriate contact with a minor at his place of business, Brick Road, Inc., a wrestling club located a Millennium Circle in Lakeville. Uh, he was arraigned in Wareham District Court and released under the conditions he stay away and have no contact with the alleged victim. His next court date is February 22nd. Uh, Brick Road is a nonprofit organization that offers athletic programs to individuals five years old and up, according to the group's website. Hmm. You can't... Uh, you're a trusted adult. People, like, leave their kids with you. Yeah, but uh, have you seen some "quote unquote" trusted adults? Yeah, yeah, I've seen. I've said all I need to say. Considered trusted adults. Yeah, they 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 seem trusted, but you can't trust any of them. But isn't like wrestling all about kind of assault? 
Like you're just kind of no you know, trying to. I know you're you're in a competition, but I remember like the the dirty move in in <laughs> wrestling was the five on two. The five on two. Five fingers on uh, two boys. Really? You know what I'm saying? Don't you wear like a cup when you're wrestling? I think some people did. Did you? I think I did, but it's... Uh, I'd wear two of them. It's very uncomfortable. Oh, I know that. Yeah. But they're protective. But I'd wear two of them, not only just to protect myself, but also because it makes my groin like enormous. Yeah, I never had that problem either. Even with the cup on, it was like... You know, a small cup is right. still a small cup. Understood. Doesn't make you look like the uh, the other guy who's got the big one. You know, the little the little lightweight guy that comes out with the big giant cup on. Sure. Yeah. He's trying to show everybody else off on the team, right? Hey, look at this, guys. You might be bigger in size, but not down there. Look at this. Look what I'm packing. Hey, look at that. Anybody want to do a five on two? <laughs> You're, uh, you'll, pun- you'll only chip a nail. Yeah, you've... <laughs> Your Pioneer Valley forecast today, it is going to be uh, rainy with a high of 43. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 41. It's 42 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah, yeah. Hey. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 751, and the cars are back to Nagel on Rock 102. Rainy today with a high of 43. Sunny tomorrow with a high of 41. It's 42 right now in downtown Springfield. Two weeks. Just two weeks until uh, Christmas and Rock 102 and Feel Good Shop Local want to hook you up for the holidays or 50 local businesses on site. And all you got to do is uh, go on to their website and you could be uh, buying gifts all over the place. And Rock 102 is looking to help you. Uh, Rock 102, uh, just sign up uh, at rock102.com. You can win a $250 gift certificate to feelgoodshoplocal.com. We'll announce a winner on the 18th. Your chance to win. Feelgoodshoplocal.com and Rock 102. Springfield's classic rock. Uh, what do you want to call it? Uh, prodigies. You ever see a, like a kid prodigy? Yeah, and I knew a couple. A uh, a seventeen year old boy just became the youngest to pass the California bar exam. What were you doing at seventeen? Uh, I was uh, trying desperately to graduate high school. I was trying to get in the bar at seventeen. Not pass a bar exam i was just really kind of looking for a girl with enough low self-esteem to make out with me yeah yeah that was really what i was looking for i think we all were looking for that four years ago at uh, age 13 he started high school and simultaneously enrolled in a four-year program at northwestern california university school of law Mm. he said i aspire to become a prosecutor because i'm driven by a moral obligation to uphold liberty equality and justice in society which is great assuming he doesn't end up like uh, this other phenom, a uh, former child prodigy in China, is being criticized for sitting around doing nothing in an apartment that his parents pay for while he criticizes his parents for forcing him on a fast track that bypassed his childhood. He started college at age 10, and he was a Ph.D. candidate in applied mathematics at age 16. But now he's 28 and relies on his parents to support him. He says they owe him because they imposed their dream on him when he was young. Mm. Yeah. You know, well, I, I don't, uh, I kind of side with him on that. I, I know, listen, I, he's he should be doing something else and trying to relive his child. If he's that smart, he could do pretty much anything he wanted to. You know, the, uh, the challenge you have, and I'm sure my parents had this challenge, what with me, uh, is, uh, you know, when your kid is, ex- is expressing 
you know, like savant type of qualities. Yeah. And it could be any number of things, you know, math, science, reading, music, whatever. You want to be able to, you know, give the kid what he needs to, to foster that talent or that gift that he has. Yeah. But the problem is oftentimes what happens is these kids are kind of thrust in a position yeah. where they become bored in regular schools and with, you know, regular kids their age. Right. And so it doesn't really work out. And the problem is, is that when a kid is like 10 years old and they're, you know, entering Harvard as an incoming freshman, uh, it doesn't really work out because they're not, while they may be intellectually gifted, they're not uh, gifted in their maturity. Mm-hmm. So you have uh, you have a tough decision to make. You know, what do you do? Now, my parents chose to keep me in a public school and I chose to uh, underwhelm everybody while I was there. Yeah, but you see, I I just let my kids do you know, let them do them. You know what yeah. I mean? Let, let them, if they want to do that, then I'll, more power to you. I'll I'll support you doing that, but yeah. I'm not going to force you to do something. But your kids have found things that they're interested in. Yeah, and yeah. And, and you're uh, allowing that to happen, which is the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, you just kinda, I mean, you obviously want to keep them away from bad stuff, but uh, you try to you know at least okay, this is the thing you want to do. Like I'm not going to force you into a sports team if you don't want to play sports. Like right. That's just, you know, you see families who, like, they just get consumed by all these kids that they have, and, and they're always constant. I don't want to do that either. No, like, God, there's only one of you. All day to, like, sports tournaments and stuff Please, like that. I too got, much. I got things to do. But, uh, but no, but, but, I mean, if they're not into it, then why would you force somebody to be into yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, I'd much know? rather see your kid do something that they actually love to do rather right. than something that I love them to do. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, my parents let me uh, tell horrible jokes uh, my entire life, and I made a, an entire career out of it. See? Look now look at you. Yeah. Yeah, how'd that work out for you? Now who's paying the bills? Regional Hollywood kid. That's who. <laughs> Regional Hollywood Huntington kid. Huntington kid. Yeah, Huntington kid. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, 756 on Rock 102. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 809 and the Black Crows of Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Going to be rainy today with a high of 42. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 41. It's 42 right now in downtown Springfield. So last week, you and I were, uh, were talking about this uh, gallery of photos that showed up on Facebook. Uh, this young woman, Jessica Diana, got into the Paramount Theater, the old Hippodrome. Yeah. And had taken pictures of the decay of that building. Now, if anyone has ever, for those of you who have been in the building, and I believe it's a, a good deal of us who have either seen shows or events or you know went there when it was the Hippodrome, and you remember just the, the beauty of that structure. Yeah. What a great looking place it was. If you look at those pictures today, it is some of the most distressing most depressing bunch of pictures you'll ever see. I mean, the last time uh, it was messy was when uh, I was there back in like 2003. Yeah. And, uh, there was some band playing and I watched some guy hold a chick's hair back while she puked in the hallway. Yeah, so, those are the uh, kinds of indelible memories yeah, that yeah. last a lifetime. Yeah, but, but uh, this place, you know, it's ridden with mold. The pictures that that you obtained last week, uh, who were they? Were, they were from somebody that. Yeah, this yeah. Uh, woman named uh, Jessica Dion got in uh, and and took these pictures, and it's like yeah. it's disgusting. It's it's amazing how much decay has happened in, in what is basically a very brief period of time. Now, so I, so you know, I've kind of gone back and tried to like you know remind myself of where things were supposed to go with this. 
you remember back, uh, this would have been 2018. There's a story that came out of Mass Live. Uh, Peter Goonan wrote it. We believe it will pay off. Governor Charlie Baker delivers $2.5 million grant for Paramount Theater Massasoit Block Restoration in Springfield. The uh, The story goes, uh, Charlie Baker announced a $2.5 million state grant on Wednesday towards the planned $41 million restoration of the historic Paramount Theater Massachusetts building on Main Street, uh, Massasoit building on Main Street, citing the project as a linchpin for downtown revitalization. Uh, the long vacant property was purchased by the New England Farm Workers Council in 2011 and is planned for the restoration of a 1,700-seat performing arts center and an 85-room boutique hotel. hotel. Uh, it's located a short distance from the, the newly developed U, uh, Union Station. Uh, at the time, everybody was pretty uh, pretty happy. There was a ribbon-cutting ceremony like right in the lobby uh, of, the, uh, of, of, uh, of the Paramount Theater. The following year, this would have been 2019, 22 News comes up with a story. Governor Baker and other state officials were in Springfield Monday to announce the beginning of renovations to the Paramount Theater. Uh, uh, the Main Street Theater is undergoing a $40 million renovation, which includes the hotels, the 1,800-seat Performing Arts Center, and it's already listed on the National Register of Historic Places. The Paramount first opened in 1929 and had famous acts like James Brown, Billy Joel, B.B. King. Uh, you can go on forever. Uh, in 1999, the Paramount Theater was redeveloped for the now-closed Hippodrome Nightclub. The renovation project will create more than 70 full-time jobs and is expected to be completed by December of 2020, and the theater will be finished a year later. There have been all kinds of financial issues that have happened with this project, the least of which was a pandemic in the middle of it. But now that you've had... So now, this, now we're almost talking three years later since this since this story came out, and you see where it's at right now. Yeah. Anyone who knows anything about water damage in a building, if you have a roof that is leaking to that degree, and you have mold uh, building to that degree in a building that is already on the historic register. Yeah. This is a shameful, shameful missed opportunity for the, the city of Springfield. And I and listen, I know the city doesn't own it. There were plenty of people online saying, well, then MGM should be uh, the ones to buy it and renovate it. It's not their responsibility to do everything. It's not. And where is the historical commission on this? Of all the things, of all the guff they gave MGM when MGM was being built, you know, we need to move this armory building and we need to save this hotel because, I don't know, what is it, uh, uh, William Henry Harrison stayed there for an hour or something like, you know, it was, all, it was some kind of weird yeah, you know, it was, historical um, fact. President James Polk had stayed in, the, in that area. Okay. And I bet you that if somebody tear, tear, tore that hotel, that old hotel down, then, you know, nobody would have really cared too much about it you know what i mean but when you're talking about something that i mean the beauty alone i mean that's something to preserve that is something that you know with with the 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 architecture architecture inside of that thing like that's a piece of history you want to save you don't want to save like the old jim dandy you know what i mean well i mean that chicken was awful good at the jim dandy well and a roll and a roll at the hockey game yeah but i'm just i'm amazed by the reaction that those pictures got you know if you if 
so I went on uh, you know, Jessica Dion's Facebook page. Yeah. You know, she posted these publicly, so anyone can really take a look at these pictures. Uh, and it was the whole gallery was shared nearly five hundred times. Yeah. And so when I you know, took the same gallery and and posted them on my page, you know, the reaction was pretty strong. And there were a lot of people who were feel who were feeling kind of the way I was. It's like, you know, okay, if if the the Farm Workers Council can't make this happen, how long is this grant money available? Right. Because oftentimes there's a cap on when that is available, and it could very well disappear. What's the cost of uh, repairing it now? Because it was $40 million before the pandemic. It could be much more now after, you know, the economy and supplies and, and supply chain issues uh, are, are, you know, pumping everything up with the, uh, with the economy. I, it seems to me if you can't make this happen, if Herbie Flores can't make this work, yeah. he needs to well, unload it and let somebody else have a crack at it. Here's here's some information that I got late last week uh, after we had the discussion. Yeah, uh, Somebody wrote in, and I'm not going to mention the name because I don't know if he wants me to mention his name or not, but he was saying, uh, Bax and Nagel, I just wanted to write in as I heard your story about the Paramount Theater and how you think it should be saved. I had the opportunity to tour the theater in June and saw the condition it is in as I was looking to put a group together to purchase and restore to theater. The building is currently for sale, and from what I understand, the owners are hoping to receive 3 to $5 million for it. The general plan was to restore the theater, its Wurlitzer Theater organ, and add an orchestra pit and be able to uh, not only do live bands there, but also theatrical productions, comedians, etc. In my personal opinion, the theater needs around $40 million in restoration work to bring it back to what it once was, plus some for improvements to the theater's capabilities. It is for sale with the attached hotel, which would make a great building to be converted into apartments with retail on the lower level. Right. The deterioration in the building was caused by the roof, which, according to the person giving me the tour, was so bad at one point you could see the outside. So... It's it's a lack of maintenance too over the course of time. You think somebody would have band-aided something to make it at least not be ruined in order to uh, create a sale down the road. Yeah, uh, you can see it. the roof on the building has been since replaced since then. However, the damage inside was already done, and it still leaks in a few places. This would be a great asset to the city of Springfield and surrounding areas if it could be restored, but I don't know why they'll I don't know how they'll attract a buyer at the price point they want with the amount of work that needs to go into it. The group did not take me seriously as a buyer and I was unable to get answers to questions I had. The one of which was whether the grant money was still available for the project uh, and if it would transfer to a new owner of the property. Now, what was the answer? There, he said he didn't get one. That was the one question that they didn't answer for yeah. him. So th- there's seemingly something going on with this thing. Why is it so difficult to make an improvement on something? If you have backers and you have well, people to redo it. I don't, I don't know all the nuts and bolts of this restoration and i couldn't tell you uh, you know how they go about it the roof is clearly a problem but you have you have an historical building that has been neglected for way too long mm-hmm. 40 million dollars is a lot of cash i totally get it it's a lot of work but you also have a lot of uh, you have a lack of of craftsman that might be able to deal with this kind of repair it, it might not be the same thing like a a regular contractor 
might be able to fix. This is kind of like heavy-duty type of... Well, it's specialized materials and restorations and and things like that. Yeah, it's like, you know, gold leaf that was on on the uh, the walls at one point. It's not Ed the Drywall guy who's just looking for a few extra bucks for the weekend. But you brought up an excellent point. You know, I had... When they closed down the Hippodrome... Yeah. Okay, when the city took that building over by eminent domain and the... Eminent domain... And, uh, and the, the Farm Workers Council took it over. The very minimum of maintenance was required mm-hmm. at that point. If you do nothing with a building of that age, it this is what's going to happen. And to me, it's like there's so much that could be done with that building after it's restored. And I'm not just talking the theater, but the the hotel as well. All of that yeah. would be really important for the city of Springfield to see something like that fall into blight to the point where it can't be fixed, or you know, that it yeah. would be lost forever simply because we didn't maintain it when we had the chance to. I mean, that's what a what a terrible tragedy that is. Plus, you're kind of opening it for vandalism too. Like, if you leave something sitting there for long enough, you're going to eventually have somebody that will come in and start stealing things out of there. Look at Union Station before they redid that. They stole the pews. You know what? And that's another thing. It's like nobody saw anybody take these giant uh, passenger railroad benches that are inside of a train station Mm -hmm. out the door. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, you know, yeah. but that's the kind of thing that could happen at this place. Somebody could steal that Wurlitzer organ or, or yeah, well, maybe not that. I don't, that's pretty big. I well, you could do it in pieces, I guess. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, well, I'll come back on Tuesday, Wednesday, we'll get the third and fourth pipes and, yeah. I just think there's, there's, there's too much at stake for the city for this to be ignored. And the fact that it is in the shape that it's in, I'm so glad this woman took these pictures. Yeah. Because it really was very eye-opening. What's, what's. Yeah, truly it's bringing going attention to something that nobody has seemingly seen inside for the last six years. Yeah, and every comment that I that I got when I posted them, you know, everyone is in favor of of fixing this, of of unloading it, letting someone have a crack at at restoring its beauty because people love this place. And to see it go into such disrepair, it's the most distressing thing. Yeah, I've seen in this city in a long, long time. Because you know what. Springfield deserves this. They do. And, you know, when you're talking about economic development and bringing things that bring tourists in and bring, you know, people, maybe not tourists per se, but people from outside the area that, that come in want to see a show, like, you know, this guy's saying it could be live bands, it could be comedians, it could mm-hmm. be any number of different things. That would, and, and since, and with the lack of city stage now, you don't have that anymore. That's you don't right. have that theater, which was, and how many seats are in this place? Did, did they say? They're talking about almost eighteen hundred. Wow, that's actually that's more than I thought was in there. Well, they've got the they got the balcony. Yeah. Um, I know are... it's not as big as Symphony Hall. Symphony Hall is like twenty five hundred. Okay. All right, but, but it's this... not that much big. It's not that much smaller. No, there? but it's the but it's the perfect size for for. Sh- a medium-sized venue. Uh, for yeah. a medium-sized venue, but you also have to understand, well, you already got Symphony Hall. Yeah, but you know, different acts go into different size venues, and there are many things that can be done, good names that can still go in there, because you know, maybe they might not think they could sell out the Mass Mutual Center or Symphony Hall, but they could certainly sell out an 1,800-seat venue. Yeah. And it would be... I'll tell you what, if, I mean, if there were a Kickstarter campaign on this... I'd chip in a few bucks. 
Yeah, I would. I would too. I would too. You want to see it? Uh, you want to see uh, things be done to it? But I mean, at forty million dollars, you're definitely going to have to get that grant money in order to help you out. And where? And again, this guy asked the question: Does the grant money, or is it still available? And nobody seems to have an answer for it. So something shady going on. That's all. That's what I'm saying. It's eight twenty three on Rock one hundred two. <laughs> Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 829, and Lenny Kravitz with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Dan Brown is so good at giving the forecast, I'm going to let him do it. Well, that's what he does for a living, Steve. I can understand why you feel more comfortable having him do it. Puts the meat in meteorologist. (laughs) Yes, he most uh, certainly does. Uh, Let's see here. Um, Yeah. Well, uh, no, I just want to mention uh, uh, Saturday, February 3rd, at the Delaney House in Holyoke from 6 to 9, it's bourbon, barbecues, and blues. It's back. An evening of great food, smooth drinks, and hot music. Admission includes a Hudson Valley uh, tasting, a multi-course meal, and live music from Neo and the Vipers. Tickets and information available at rock102.com. Great holiday gift for the bourbon, barbecue, or blues lover in your life. Some families have all three. Bourbon, barbecue, and blues, February 3rd at the Delaney House. From Dave Minor Exterior Home Improvements, Aqua Pump, and Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. Sweet. All right. We got news next to Rock 102. 833 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news. It's brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai Technicians. Get up to a $5,000 sign-on bonus right now. Learn more at GaryRomeHyundai.com slash family. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. A Northampton man was arrested after allegedly firing several rounds from an AK-47 style rifle on Thursday. According to a news release from the Northwestern DA's office, the shooting suspect uh, later identified as 29-year-old Joshua Martinelli allegedly fired several rounds from a rifle uh, into his adjoining neighbor's residence at a two-family home on Wright Avenue. No injuries were reported. However, a bullet did travel through a pair of pants a man was wearing in the adjoining residence. The police uh, report uh, also alleges Martinelli's dog was next to him during the shooting, who instructed him to shoot the neighbors because uh, they were poisoning the dog. That's the accusation anyway. Martinelli was arraigned in Northampton District Court on Friday and is being held without the right to bail pending a dangerousness hearing, and uh, he's charged with a slew of charges. His next hearing in district court is scheduled for December 14th. Yeah, I know we've uh, we've focused so much on the dog uh, this morning, and uh, you know his way of argument, argumenting, his argumentation to convince uh, his owner to shoot a gun. Um, what do we know about these pants? These pants that were able to somehow stop a bullet. Yeah, the Kevlar pants, or uh, well, the, it said the bullet went through the pants. Are you wearing like baggy pants, so baggy that. I, 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 again, I, you know, who's to say? I mean, if if, if let's say these are like a, a more athletic athletic cut fit, yeah, yeah, you know, where it's it's it uh, hugs the leg a little bit more. Yeah, you know, if that's the case, these got to be some hell of a hell of a pair of pants. Yeah, maybe maybe the bullet really didn't go through the pants, and uh, you could just say liar, liar, uh, uh, no pants with gunfire. You could say that. I think that's what the police said to the man. Perhaps liar, liar. Uh, Pants on gunfire. All right, but if you're going to believe that, then you're probably going to leave the story about the dog. Yeah, I guess. Well, I mean, the dog is capable of instructing people to do things. You should never really take advice from the dog, though. They're just, they're mere, it's just mere rambling. Mm. Like, uh, you know, if you have a talking dog, you know, it's just a miracle that the dog can even talk. Yeah, no, I know. The dog is just throwing out thoughts. Like, hey, you should kill the neighbors because I think they're poisoning me. Are you, um... Are you old enough to remember Lassie, the TV show Lassie? 
Yeah, you know why I'm old enough to remember that? Because, uh, thank God, in the 80s, my parents got cable television, and Nick at Night uh, was the All right. was the, uh, yeah. the thing. And I would watch uh, Mr. Ed, uh, Lassie, yep. and uh, My Three Sons. Good shows. All great shows. All great yes, shows. Yes, I do remember Lassie. Well, Lassie didn't have the ability to speak the English language, mm-hmm. uh, but clearly understood enough from say timmy and his family yeah to know and follow directions perfectly now i i I don't know what kind of training was involved here but but lassie could do no wrong lassie would would save lives lassie was not the kind of dog that would convince someone to shoot a gun but if i were in need of a gun and i said lassie go get my gun lassie would have not only uh gone into my gun safe he would have, uh, she would have, uh, you know, gone through the combination, pulled out my gun, made sure it's loaded, then bring it to me just in the nick of time to, you know, ward off oncoming foe. Okay. Now that is a dog. That's a good dog. Yeah, but the dog only barked. It didn't talk. It just went rough, rough, and that, and then all of a sudden, Timmy knew how to, get, uh, you know, all the information. Oh yeah. Well, there's, okay, a, yeah. there's a special bond that happens between a young boy and his dog. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there is, but. Uh, you know, uh, I would not take advice from a canine, especially my dog. Well, your hey. dog is kind of, uh, how shall I put this, a little full of himself. Can you uh, can you not leave the lock on the trash can so he can get into it <laughs> while you're gone all day? That's what I want to do. I want to drag trash all over your dining room. Uh, what? I I ate a whole, be- a whole loaf of bread? I suppose that's uh, the price you pay when you talk about my penis on the air for six months. Uh, Actually, it's been like five years now since we've been well, that's the about Again, this. that's the price you pay. Well, it's a, you know, it's one of those recurring things. It's always going to be a reference now. It was a very impactful picture. No uh, question. You know, that uh, left, burned into the minds of many listeners here. <laughs> who wanted the picture? Yeah, the including some, uh, yeah. some elected officials who were just as curious as anybody else. Uh, And just like that, Thanksgiving and Black Friday are both in the rearview mirror and Christmas and the new year are fast approaching. With December just days away, it's almost time to start counting down to Christmas with an advent calendar. And if you haven't gotten one yet, the options are starting to get limited. Many of this year's bestsellers have long sold out. Steve, aren't we 11 days into December already? Yeah, I don't know why this uh, uh, story was posted three days ago. However, if you're not completely out of luck, if you forgot to buy your advent calendar, there's still some you can grab before. You can always grab an advent calendar. You just eat all the chocolate up until that day. Yeah, you can have 11 days of chocolate. You know what? I, I just uh, got my uh, my kid for her birthday. My On her birthday back in November, Yeah, she uh, one of the items that she wanted was a Taylor Swift advent calendar, right? And in all of, so I, I, I got I bought it. Yeah. Right? It was only like, I don't know, like less than $10 for the for the advent calendar. But I also didn't, you know, this is, I'm a little angry with Amazon in the way they advertise things. I think if anything is coming internationally or from China, yeah. that should not be in the top results of what you get. If, if you're talking about, you know, the way they make you pay for Prime, yeah. the Prime item should be uh, number one, as opposed to the china product that is going to take over a month to get to you so this uh, this kid asked me on uh, like november 1st uh, hey uh 
you think for my birthday I could get this Taylor Swift advent calendar? And I look, and it's like under 10 bucks, and I'm like, bam, add to cart, here we go. Yep. Didn't really pay attention to uh, the shipping, uh, and it just arrived here over the weekend. And her birthday was when? Uh, November, uh, November oh, what day was it? November 9th, yeah. So over a month ago. Yeah, over a month ago. Yeah, I've been burned like that too. Yeah. You know, like uh, when you when you first order it, to say it'll be oh in here in five days, and yeah. it never shows up. Yeah. Oh, your package has been delayed. Do you want to cancel this? And you're like, no, because it's going to be a pain in the ass to reorder. Yeah, it exactly. Again. And it's going to take them three days to you know finally refund it. This is going to sound crazy, but uh, one of my kids happens to be a very big fan of Danny DeVito. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I can't blame her because I mean Danny DeVito is a is a is a, a national treasure. That seems like a younger person thing right now. Yeah, There's Danny DeVito's of- yeah because of uh, you know it's always sunny in Philadelphia. You know, great show, loads of laughs. Anyway, I was able to uh, order a Danny DeVito coloring book because I thought, well, that'd be uh, that'd be fun for a kid, right? Yeah. Yeah. Coloring books with and every Danny page DeVito. is Danny DeVito about what Danny DeVito does through his entire day. I order it. It says it'll be there in five days. It never, ever showed up. Ever. Ever. So I eventually you know, demanded the money back. Some, uh, some recourse, and I got my money back. But it, it's almost like two months. Christmas had gone by. Yeah. And, and no Danny DeVito coloring book. Well, don't I look like a, a dope with egg in his face? Yeah. You know, I mean, I, 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 it was a good 15 bucks. You know? And, and nothing. And this is the problem. This is the problem with these things. But now I'm kind of wondering, since it took so long to get here, and it's from China, Yeah. do you think you'd really trust the chocolate inside of that? Boy, I don't know. I mean, you know, China, well, first of all, China's not really known for making the world's best chocolates. You don't, uh, you don't think there's a guy from Belgium that went to, to China and said, I'm going to set up shop right here on the corner? No, you know, I think he's probably going to say, I'd rather start my uh, my chocolate shop in a non-communist country. A non-communist country. Yes, so I'm not paying the state, I'm actually paying myself. Yeah, but even uh, communists love a good piece of chocolate. Who doesn't love a right. good piece of chocolate? But it all has to be the same chocolate. It can't just be multiple different chocolates. It's only you know one piece of chocolate. And that's most of the candy you yeah, get see, from China. If, if I were like Khrushchev <laughs> back in the 60s, I would have been going after like, you know, you know, Vietnam or, right. you know, like uh, Cuba, I would have been looking at like, you know, Belgium, Austria, some of the Norwegian co- uh, countries because they all make great chocolate. Well, who wouldn't want a piece of that? I'd like a piece that's, of that. That's where I would have gone. That's where I would have spread my communist message. Yeah, those chocolates Judy Matt brought in here last year or last week were yeah. pretty damn good. Pretty damn were good. Like bougie chocolates. And, and you put it, we put it upstairs and those vultures knocked that whole thing down in like an afternoon. Yeah, but that's our fault for bringing it up there. If you don't want, listen, there was a, the guy from uh, Monsoon Roastery was here uh, with Chris Marion a yeah. couple weeks ago, and he left all this cans of coffee. They were like coffee beans that you could, look like beer cans, but they're coffee, they're coffee beans, beans inside. And I was like, oh, I'll take a four-pack of those home tomorrow, because there were several four-packs here. Yeah. I come back in the next day, they're all gone. I don't I, know who takes I, them They're all. not even upstairs. I don't even know. I don't know what happens. Here's, here's what I'm going to guess. Yeah. The same dude that stole the coffee beans. Probably the same dude that stole our sex toys from a few years ago. Yeah, I would imagine uh, that's like a, a kleptomaniac. Yeah. 
We're Some, dealing with a klepto of free items that right. we receive from people. Stole our vibrators and our coffee beans. Yeah, and I wonder why that uh, Laura Corn book was missing. All the pages were ripped out. Yeah, I was trying to get to night 98 by myself, sure. and I couldn't get to it. Uh, I'm see. sure if you asked her, she'd send you another book. How do you feel about eating garlic shrimp? I like garlic shrimp. What about having it on an airplane? Or All right. what about having it on an airplane after it was made in the airplane's bathroom? I think I'll pass. There's a guy on TikTok who makes videos where he cooks elaborate things in hotel bathrooms, but he just had a, quote, terrible idea. He posted a video where he makes garlic shrimp inside the lavatory of a commercial plane. He said he was lucky to get past security because the components to build the heating element might look like a bomb. Okay, now you're getting yeah. Like, you know. how, how, where do you where do you, do you can you even bring like a like a hot plate into those bathrooms? You know, I, I'm kind of wondering how he did get through security with this. He used six volt batteries, those big lantern type ones. Yeah. Wired to an immersion beverage heater, and it got hot enough that the raw shrimp only needed a few minutes to cook. He added instant mash to the shrimp water in the sink for extra flavor, and then topped it off with garlic butter. Once everything made, he tossed it com- into the complimentary barf bag and walked back to his seat to enjoy the meal. You have to wonder what the next yeah, person I, going to the is, bathroom is, thought what happened in there. Yeah, what 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 does that stink? You know, I. Uh, I've told you this before. One time I was stuck on the tarmac in Florida, in Tampa, because there were severe thunderstorms and the plane couldn't take off, but it was like a good hour and a half. And some guy was eating curry chicken on the plane. And there wasn't enough ventilation on the plane, so then the whole plane just smelled like like curry, which I can only take curry in small amounts. I can't uh, do a whole uh, big thing with that. And you don't want to do it in a a place that's not well ventilated because it can be very stinky. But I was uh, I was just actually reminiscent about my uh, late wife with my kids over the weekend because they were you know asking about uh, mom and all that stuff and yeah we were, I was talking about the time we got on the plane down this is what she used to do we got on the plane to go to Florida right and uh, she brought her own shrimp like that she cooked at home. Yeah. She uh, boiled them. It was a, a bo- shrimp boil. They make them cold, but she boiled them in like old bay seasoning. So they had a nice little flavor to them. Yeah. Right? Peeled them up, put them in a little Tupperware thing, brings it with her on the plane, and uh, also carries a couple of nips with her in the, uh, in the bag, too, because mm-hmm. you can carry the nips on the plane. Now, technically, you're not supposed to drink them on the plane because that's federally illegal. But, eh, you know what? Whatever. Uh, you only live once. Sure. And uh, she made, she, and then you get the free Bloody Mary mix oh, from, yeah. the, from, the, from the plane. So they're like, yeah, just give us a can of Bloody Mary mix. So she gets two cans of Bloody Mary mix, and then she sneakily pours the two nips into each glass. Right. And then, uh, make, and then puts the shrimp as a garnish. Yeah, the celery little, stalks? Little celery stalk, little, tiny little celery sticks, because uh-huh. they're only little cups, and sure. she knew that. And uh, I actually have a picture of this, uh, and I'll, I'll probably repost it later today once I find it. But it was like, this is the way to fly. No kidding. And it was like you had a whole meal in front of you. you had like, We had uh, three shrimp each with little olives yeah. that were stuffed with gorgonzola. Oh, uh, thing. perfect. And then the, uh, the the Mrs. T's Bloody Mary mix in a can uh, mixed with some uh, crappy vodka from the liquor store. Now let me ask you this. Yeah. 
let's say you're on an international flight. Yeah. Okay. And you got to go. Yeah. You know how that. You know how you got to climb. Let's say you get the window, so you got to climb over the guy yeah. in the middle seat, climb over the guy in the, the aisle seat, and uh, you got to make it. You got to you know squeeze past the beverage yeah. cart. You really got to go, and you know times are wasting. You know you tick tick. You know yeah. talk talk, and next thing you know, you go to the bathroom and it's occupied, not yeah. by a guy who's doing his business, but for a guy, guy who's, who's making, making canapes and crudités <laughs> yeah. for everybody. I'm uh, I'm cooking uh, a beef Wellington inside this bathroom. That means two things, you know. Uh, but yeah, I I can't imagine somebody like elaborately cooking anything. Yeah. And I and this guy, I'm surprised he's not going to be charged with anything because once somebody finds out that you did something illegal and yes. you videoed it on online, yeah. You know, I guess I could, I could. Uh, what's the statute of limitations of carrying a drink on an airplane from <laughs> no ten idea. years? But, but I'm just saying, like, you know, why would you? How would you not get caught going through security with two six volt batteries? I have no idea. How you do that? Is that like the? You know, it was like remember Airplane Two? Yeah. When, when they're watching everybody go through, and the, the guy's got guns and all this other stuff, <laughs> and then the old lady comes by with the lipstick, and they're like, you know. Patting her down, down like, oh, you get you eat the dirt, <laughs> Granny. You know that kind of kind of thing. Uh, yeah, I don't know how a guy gets through security like this. Banging on the bathroom door. Hey, dude, are you almost done? Yeah. I got ten more minutes, and then it'll be done. I'll be almost there. Yeah, and he's <laughs> shaving. Wasn't that the guy who was hey, shaving, shaving, but shaving also blooding his face? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good. Good times. Yeah, but there you go. Uh, nothing better than a plain bloody mary, <laughs> garlic shrimp. Not so much. Your Pioneer Valley forecast today is going to be rainy with a high of 43. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 41. It's 42 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Remember that? O- it's uh, 8.52 with Bax and Nagel on uh, Rock 102. I, uh, we went a little late with the other uh, break, so I, uh, yeah, I, I just assumed we were going to play another Tom Petty song. Or no, no, I had to drop late. like a six-minute song. That would have uh, made us too late. Uh, listen, uh, so there's that, okay? What? <laughs> you don't even know what you're talking about. Hey, I don't. I, yeah, this is like one of those days where I needed about like three more hours of sleep. Yeah. But didn't get it. And so I'm kind of, uh, it's, I've got a bad case of the Mondays today. Yeah, I had uh, a little trouble like, uh, falling asleep. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's maybe it's the moon waves or whatever they, you know, when they, yeah. the gravitational pull screws you up and all that stuff. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. My problem now is I'm waking up in the middle of the night, and sometimes I can fall back to sleep. Yeah, but other times I don't. Right. And tonight, last night was like one of those nights where I woke up in the middle of the night twice for no specific reason. I have to go to the bathroom or uh, or there was no emergency. I just like woke up wide awake. Well, see, I uh, I had heard a motivational speaker years ago uh, talk about uh, when you wake up that uh, like that. Yeah, it's you should you should be writing things down and being creative. That's the morning wind calling you. Oh my God, what a bunch of load that is! Well, I'm not ready for the morning wind. I want to stay in bed for another five hours and uh, get some sleep. Damn it! To, to me, the morning wind is ripping one on the way to the bathroom. That's what I'm talking about. I uh, I did a private gig on Friday night. Where'd you go? At uh, Union Station up in uh, Northampton. Oh, nice. It was actually the, part of the Platform Sports Bar, which is no longer called the Platform anymore. It's actually called The yeah. Notch. They just recently changed the name. Uh, and it was for this uh, this company out of East Hampton that uh, hired, it was like a machine company. Okay. And uh, they uh, they had me do comedy. 
uh, for probably, I don't know, 30 folks or so. Did you have to go clean? What do you mean? No, I didn't have to go clean. I actually was uh, was pretty good. But good. there was there was a woman there who was, uh, you know, I start I talk a little bit about, you know, this job and, and stuff like that and the yeah. comedy and then uh, talk about, uh, you know, the history of the shows that we've been part of uh-huh. over the years. And uh, there was a pregnant woman who uh, who happened to be. <laughs> She was like she she was ready to go any second. Right. Like like and, and they had eggplant parmesan there which was delicious. Oh, by I'm sure the way. it was. And some cuz somebody had suggested, "Hey, you know, a good way to get yourself to go into labor is by, you know, eating eggplant parmesan." I don't know where people come up with these old that's, wives that's tales. That's craziness. Well, I remember you know when when my wife was pregnant the first time they're like Go eat Mexican food and drive on a bumpy road. And I'm like, yeah, because that's what a pregnant woman wants to be is driving down a pothole-filled <laughs> road while she's already uncomfortable. Yes, which has <laughs> been bloated with all that fat and salt. Yeah, but I think the, uh, I, you know, I, I think the baby's going to gonna be delivered when the baby's well and ready to be delivered. Usually like, that's the case. There's no, you know, and, and, uh, and, and you could tell, like, she was, she, she was, she was, a little, she was like that pregnant woman like irritated you know like (laughs) you're at the very end Mm -hmm. right and then uh i and i said like is that that baby here yet does it look like it you know that that's what i got as a response i i think mostly because her significant other was uh was was enjoying a little wine and and i made the point of going I want to know what that conversation is going to be like in the car on the ride home. Because I've been there, bro. It oh, yeah. ain't fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no win in that conversation. Like, you know, that's what a guy does. Your wife is ready to give birth any minute, but you're at a company holiday party where the drinks are free. I'm sorry. I'm not going to let this alcohol go all the waste like that. But it's, uh, if you're yeah, willing. Let's, 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 uh, yeah, let's call this yeah. like it is. Think of the stress he's under. Yeah, yeah. Right. But but it, I mean, he's got ice chips to di- to dish out. He's well, got to make sure he does that right, especially if it's his first time around. Well, he's on edge. You know, he's on edge because he doesn't know when he's going to have to be called to duty. Yeah, I mean, you know, you you being in the uh, in the uh, delivery room is the first time a married man really understands what it's like to be completely ignored. Right, but and and, and drinking while that's happening, oh, that's yes. probably not a really good idea. Perhaps but not. To, but I but but this uh, I had said in the beginning when I was talking about all the different shows that this station had, I said, oh, maybe you heard that one. Oh, I got a buddy who'd be into you. <laughs> and how'd that go over? Yeah, I don't think it went over that. No, well. they didn't well, know. I think some of them laughed, but then some of them were like, well, I think the ones that were close to the, the woman who was ready to give birth were like, mm, now's yeah, not bad, the time. Bad time. Yeah, know your, know your audience. <laughs> But I was like, we for six well, months we didn't know our audience. <laughs> we thought we knew. We <laughs> thought everybody was into pregnant tracks. It's eight fifty seven with Bax and Nangle on Rock One O Two.